Hello everyone. Welcome to the day that I was truly dreading the most. Because once again, and for the last time, welcome to Once Upon a Time in Japan. But today we'll be talking about the major restoration and westernization of Japan. Honestly, this is truly ironic. We're finishing the series at the end of an era and at the start of a new one. I'm so sorry. It's way too emotional. Anyways, enough talking. Let's get right to it. So, the three-year period began in 1867 when the 14-year-old emperor, wait, did it just say 14? Yeah. The 14-year-old emperor came to throne. I mean, seriously? Okay, this is actually genuine, though. 14? What have I done in 14? Let's see. Well, I've went to a lot of countries for traveling. I'm in school. I've been to the sleep. No. Yeah. No. I've not done anything yet. <laughs> okay, I'm done now. So, the government emphasized that the emperor was incredibly important. He had finally been brought back to where he was supposed to be. Emperor Meiji's reign lasted until his death in 1912, and is now known as the Meiji period. During his reign, the spread of education, the wealth of the merchant class, and the increase in business during the last century of the Edo era had settled the flooring to make room for change in the Japanese society. So, the samurai that had led the fight against the defeat of the shogunate and restored the emperor now had became his advisors, people who guide, guided the emperor into making responsible decisions. There is an oligarchy, which was a group of powerful people that was not elected by the people. They took control of the government and used the emperor's name to rule the country. So, the Meiji leader began their change by first changing the way that Japanese had been governed. They had two main ideals, to create a strong government that would unite the whole country together and rule it efficiently, efficiently. to create a form of government closer to the Western democratic government. Democratic means people's choice. So, the emperor advised advisors or the imperial castle, castle, I'm so sorry about that, castle, council, created the five charter oaths, the goals of the new Japanese society. Any decisions that would affect the whole of Japan would be decided widely across Japan and by public decisions, regardless of the social class, which is what I'm really proud of because anti-racism or anti-whatever will be a part of the administration of affairs of state and will be part of the major decisions of the country. The civilians, no less than the military officials, are allowed to do whatever they want, pursue their own calling, so that there will be no complaints. Biased laws of the past of the Tokugawa rank would be removed and everything would be based on the laws of nature, just and fairly. Knowledge would be sought out around the world to improve the foundations of the imperial rule. Soon after, industrialization arrived in Japan. Machines were suddenly invented that could do work more quickly and efficiently. Factories were built where many workers were employed to create a lot of goods using really complicated machinery. Transportation and communication from one place to another were also revolutionized by machines. The Japanese started studying foreign countries to learn more about their machines and how to take inspiration from them. They started to take ideas from the Europeans and the Westerns and create them and sometimes even improve them. This is when Western Westernization truly started. So, Westernization was the adoption of Western ways and idea. 
fair word, fair warning, there will be a little bit of subtle, not so subtle racism in the next few statements. So, hot weather, hot weather, the Japanese only wore line cloth, which basically only covers the <clears throat> important parts. And Western women complained about it because it was not respectable. And so the governor told everyone that they had to wear a shirt and must be properly clothed. Because people were not allowed to do tattoos. Public baths had to be closed and so people would have their own privacy. The floors were carpeted instead of tatami, which is a traditional Japanese mat. The emperor had to learn to shake hands and constantly smile. And of course, because we're talking about westernization, the westerners demanded that there should be European food instead of just Japanese food. So, soon after, the Japanese finally opened their eyes, and they realized that everything that makes them who they are is being stripped away and removed from them to appease the Americans and the Europeans. So they created a new model, American Science, Japanese Essence. They named the official religion of Japan as Shintoism and highly discouraged Buddhism, and was given the emperor the status of a god. Can't believe it. We finished. That's it. We're done. That's the end of Once Upon a Time in Japan. It's truly been great recording all of these episodes. I had a lot of fun, and you know, time, time and time I wasted to edit, finish recording these. But honestly, I had a great time. I hope you have the best day. And well, once and for all, goodbye.